This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, get your pen, pad, and your Amazon ready. I have Todd Connor of Bunker Labs, also the author of Third Shift Entrepreneur. He is going to give you the game on how you can take those steps from your day job to your business. And he's not going to be radical and say, just jump out, forget your bills. If you were a real entrepreneur, you'd give it all up and make you feel guilty. He has real advice, whether you are a veteran, stay-at-home mom, parent. Hey, I'm a assistant teacher right now during these COVID times. So <laughs> Todd, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Kellen, I'm good, man. It's good to see you. I'm jealous of your weather. Uh, you're doing it right. You're making good lifestyle decisions for yourself. You're running a business. You're doing it all right, man. It's good to see you. Well, it's great to have you. And thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I just needed to get out of the Seattle rain. And before that, the Lubbock, uh, whatever that the weather was and the new England (laughs) before that, the new England, well, I actually like new England. So I'll leave that alone, but yeah, tell us, you know, third shift entrepreneur, give us the game on this and tell us about yourself and your business and how you came up with this book. Yeah. Yeah. So I started an organization a few years ago called Bunker Labs and, and it helps military veterans, which I'm one to start businesses. And I started a couple different businesses after I got out of the military. And I always felt like I was an outlier because I didn't understand Silicon Valley and I didn't understand how to raise money from venture capitalists, but I had built businesses, you know, and I was just kind of I thought I was sort of the exception because I was just kind of doing it in scrappy ways. I'd find customers, I'd send out invoices, I'd get paid, you know, and stuff just kind of happened like that for me. And I felt like maybe that was the exception. But then I started talking to other people and find out that a lot of people are starting businesses in the way that I had started businesses. And so we started an organization to help military folks start businesses. And so that was like seven years ago and it's grown to chapters across the country. We've got like 40 different chapters across the US. And I started noticing, Kellen, Uh, that there were things that a lot of entrepreneurs were doing in common that are not often talked about. And I wanted to write a book to sort of share the stories of what most entrepreneurs that I know, who are people that have, you know, kids, they they need to pay their bills. They're not independently wealthy. They're not dropping out of Harvard. They're not trying to launch the next, you know, unicorn um, technology platform. They want to open food trucks. They want to become PR consultants. They want to open up a CrossFit gym. They want to uh, you know, do all kinds of stuff that we need like in our local communities. And really what they want to do is fulfill what you know, gives them passion. And so I wrote this book to help illuminate for people like, hey, you do not have to quit your job to begin to make progress on starting your business, pursuing your dream. You can do it today with the things that you've got. And I wrote a book basically articulating like these 12 observations, these 12 kinds of steps that I've seen people use. And if you're doing these things, um, that's what I call being a third shift entrepreneur, which is, you know, your first shift is your day job. It's how you create a financial floor for yourself. You know, if you quit your job, you put yourself at financial risk, and then you put all this pressure on the business because you start saying, well, like this business has to make money in two months. Otherwise I'm done. 
Well, we want to give ourselves room. We want to give the business the room to breathe. We got to discover what the business is. That takes time. So your first shift is your day job. Keep your day job. Your second shift is like your family, your kids, your life, your, you know, your political activism, your, the things you do in your community. And then the third shift is the time that you create for yourself, you know, like the, the little spaces in your day, uh, the staging ground where you're building what's next. And I've always kind of operated with this idea of like, I've got a first shift, I've got a second shift. And then the third shift is where I build what's next. And this turns out, last thing, is that uh, there's research on this. Uh, there's two researchers uh, did a 15-year study of 5,000 entrepreneurs, and they found that those that kept their jobs had a 33% lower failure rate. So people are doing this. They are keeping their jobs. They're doing it on the nights and weekends. They're doing it. They're doing it in very strategic ways. But we don't talk about it enough. So I'm 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 on a national tour to talk about why people can do this. More entrepreneurs need to start businesses. Um, but it's not what you see in Hollywood. It's not what you see, you know, in Mark Zuckerberg. It's it's what people like you and I are doing. And we just got to tell that story more. Well, and definitely thank you for your service. I And I could hear someone saying right now, you know, well, that's easy to say for a lieutenant in the Navy. Um, I mean, he's used to, you know, controlling a lot of stuff and telling people, you know, what to do. But uh, not like you, you know, were born <laughs> as a lieutenant in the Navy. So where do you think that comes from? Like what built that confidence? What were the things in life that you said, you know what, I can do this? You know, it, here's the thing with entrepreneurship. It's, it's, I think some people think it's like winning the lottery where like you, you got to have, or they think it's like skydiving. Like you've got to have enormous courage or confidence, or you've got to get super lucky. It, it's, but it's not, it's not either of those things. It's, it's hard work. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, you know? And that's the thing with entrepreneurship. It's like the more businesses you start, the easier it gets, the better you get. You know, and the, and what's crazy is like right now in this country, the rates of entrepreneurship, you know, who's starting the most businesses in this country right now, it's people over the age of 55 and they've been doing it for decades. And now they're starting their fourth, fifth, sixth business. And it's the younger people who aren't starting businesses, not nearly at the rate that older folks are. And so we've got this like, gen which is surprising to people because entrepreneurship has never been like cooler in this country. It's like, people are talking about it more. It's, we got TV shows like, you know, the profit and, the apprentice and you know shark tank so it's really celebrated it's really cool where you know there's a lot of celebrity around like you know snapchat and people that are tech founders but we those stories don't relate to most of us and so you get good at this stuff by just trying it and my my whole thing is you got to start really small it's like it's not big and exciting it's like you got to ask yourself what is it that people are coming to me for is it that they like my Cajun cooking? Is it that they like, they ask me for help to like help build their brand? Is it that they ask me for help to with daycare? Is it that they're asking me for help to help tutor their kids? Whatever the people are coming at you for, that's the beginning of a business that you can start. And the key is you don't like go spend a ton of money trying to build some business. It's like, you just begin to offer that thing. You put a price on that thing you get you do it for a second person a third person a fourth person and like you begin to build a little business for yourself and people got to learn to start small and we've talked too much about big and scale it's it's about starting small and the more you start whatever you're starting like you doing this you know this video you know this podcast is you know vlog 
whatever it is that you're starting, you get better at starting things. And so that's what people got to do is like, just get comfortable starting, start small. Don't spend a ton of money, just start stuff, see what people want from you and then build from there. I always tell people, and this is for the sailors out there that are listening, that especially that just came off the ship. It's like dating. The more you do, the better you get at it. And the 18-year-old sailors, you know you're not very good at it. But when you become older, you get great, you know, hopefully. Um, so, no, that's, that's awesome. Now, how many entrepreneurs, you know, have you, because you're a consultant and, you know, do so many things inside of your company and especially with the military, how many people have you helped so far? We, we have about 3,600 people that are going through our programs right now. We've got 173 people going through a program that we run with WeWork called the Veterans and Residence Program. It's in 26 cities. We've got about 300 people that are going through this CEO circle program, which is like a mastermind group. And it's people that get together locally, 10 people, or they do it on, you know, on zoom. Uh, and then we got like several thousand that are online. So, I mean, there's a ton of people that are out there starting stuff. And, and Kellen, the thing I'll tell you is like, their ideas are so interesting and so random, but, but super specific to who they are. And that's, that's, that's the good stuff. You know, it's, it's the person who's like, I'm going to go build an app who's never built an app before that I get nervous about. But someone who's got, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he's in Chicago and he's stuck inside because it's freezing or starting to get cold. And he was, uh, he, was a, he was a consultant and he got, he got tired of it because he was like, look, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is like, I'm in my laptop all day. And he's like, I want to be outside. I want to build stuff. I want to like work with my hands, you know? So this is a guy that like has advanced degrees, but is like, I'm not happy doing that stuff like just being on spreadsheets all day. I want to go build stuff. So he followed his passion, which for him was like, he took his backyard and he said, I'm going to go build a whole entertainment like studio in my backyard in Chicago. I'm going to have, I'm going to hand build a pizza oven. I'm going to grow a little herb garden that's got basil and fresh tomatoes. I'm going to like build a, like a giant movie screen that, you know, and then I can have people over, I'm going to put like a keg in the ground, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then people can come over and like, pick the basil, make their own dough, throw the pizza in the oven, it's fresh, it comes out, you sit down, you get a beer, you like sit down, you watch the movie. And he was just like, this is what I want for my backyard. And I was like, dude, that's the point you do that. And then what happens next, all these people come over from the neighborhood, and they're like, I want you to do this for me. He's like, okay, I'll do it for you. And it costs, my, my labor is, you pay all the material costs. My labor is 300 bucks a day. And they're like, okay. So like, that's a business, you know? But it's not like, it's not like you gotta worry about incorporating. You gotta like have a website. Like none of that matters. Like you gotta like do something that people are like, hey, that's cool. Can you do that for me? Sure, I'll do that for you. And then like, you know what I mean? And then you get your customers and then like a business comes out of that. But the start, people think the, start, the way I started a business is to like drive to like a county building and file paperwork. It's like, no, that's not business. I mean, that's a business is customers are like, Hey, I like that. Can I, can I pay you to do that for me? You know, and that's, you know, that's the business. <laughs> I just want to go to be able to have him be my neighbor. And so I can go to his house and have all those things and not have to worry about the prep, the cleanup and all that. That sounds like a cool hangout. Yeah, that's even smarter. That's even smarter. <laughs> just live next to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, many people get intimidated because, you know, um, I'm, I'm always preaching, Hey, check this out. What you want me to do? The SBA does it. 
PTAC does it for free. SCORE does it for free for you. Go to them, then come back to me, save you a couple of dollars. But a lot of times, you know, they'll say, I went to the SBA SCORE PTAC. And, you know, I also they told me to go to the county and I had to go to the chamber. And then they told me the city I had to register some places here in Florida, the county as well, the state. And they just get so overwhelmed, which it's not a lot. But for someone who has never maybe organized a lot of things, that's why I think women are so great in business because especially if they have children, they're so used to multitasking. But, you know, for the, the, for the people out there who are intimidated, what would you say the average, you know, small business, like you described, startup fees are that, you know, they're going to need because they've been bombarded with, you're going to have to pay this and that to get this certificate and that certificate. So what's the average that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, I don't, look, I, it's, it's a few hundred bucks. I mean, it's just, it's a couple hundred bucks, you know, like I think, I don't know the exact number, it depends on what state you live in, but it's a couple hundred bucks. And frankly, um, and it's not that complicated. You don't have to get good at doing it. Like I'm not good at doing that. I have a friend who I'm like, Hey, you're good at filing this stuff. And, and, you know, but it's like, you go online and you fill out some form and you're like, boom, you do it. And, and frankly, it's like, if it's wrong, then you go back and you fix it. So it's not like you gotta, like, no one's going to come sue you. No one's going to come steal your intellectual property because no one really, you know, everyone else is busy. So no one really cares. That's the good news, actually. So I tell people like, you know, the, the, let that paperwork come later. You know, like get the, the, the thing you need to start a business is not permission. No one has to give you permission. Give yourself permission. You want to you want to open up a barbershop, start giving haircuts in your backyard. Like that's, you want to open up a private school, like start tutoring some kids. You want to become a management consultant, you know, help a friend's business or join a nonprofit board and like help them do better as an organization. You want to become a graphic designer, like offer to do someone's brand for free. You know, like it's just these micro movements that we got to start. And frankly, like it's, it's not worth incorporating and spending money on anything legal until you've got people that are like wanting to pay you. That's the point at which you're like, okay, actually, when someone's like, hey, Kellen, I've got, I want to pay you. And, and not just, because frankly, the things I just described, you can start doing that stuff. People can pay you cash. Like, I mean, maybe that's illegal. It's not a big deal. Like friends can give you a hundred bucks. Like, hey, help me with my website. You don't need to incorporate a business for that. At the point at which like, there's like thousands, a thousand dollars coming in more, whatever. Okay, now it's like, let's think about having a business. But even then, then you go like file the paperwork, you open up a business checking account. And then like, that's the business, you know, it's just not, it doesn't have to be a lot more complicated than that. Don't ever hire, you don't need lawyers. You don't need accountants. You don't need admins. You just need like someone that wants what you're offering, get them to pay you. And then like, and then at some point you got to get the paperwork, you know, but that all the paperwork can come later. Don't let that stop you. I see people that go spend thousands of dollars, getting the website, getting the paperwork, opening up the bank accounts, getting the credentials, getting everything except customers and the customers are the only thing you need to have a business. So forget all the rest of it, just get some customers and then, you know, you figure it out from there. Definitely. Definitely. Now, you know, you, you've written the book, you have bunker labs. Um, I've also noticed, you know, you've been part of the collective Academy um, as, as a co-founder um, when people, you know, start looking you up and saying, okay, um, 
you know, a lot of times it's like, hey, Todd is my dad. Um, he's going to help me with my business and, and get me right. And, you know, he has a, a nonprofit and he has a for profit. Like when they go to Bunker Labs, what can they expect versus if they go to the Collective Academy? Uh, you, what's the, the, the difference in yeah. the services? Yeah, well, Bunker Labs is a nonprofit for the military community if you want to start businesses. Uh, and so it's free for all the military veterans. And we've got an online platform where you can go through like a program called Launch Lab Online. You can find out basically like, is starting a business right for me and how do I do it? It's, it's like the introduction, like you don't need to know anything. We just kind of introduce you to entrepreneurship. So that's all free. We have, a, we, I mean, when there's not COVID, we have tons of events, but with COVID, we're not doing any events. So if you're a veteran or a military spouse, or if you're on active duty, you can go to Bunker Labs for free. Collective Academy is um, is a consulting business that I run, and that's that's not free. And we work with organizations to help design leadership programs, and um, you know, and and help design kind of cohort driven leadership programs. We do a lot of stuff there, and there's a woman that runs that now. So I stepped down; I was the founder, but then she runs it. She's doing an amazing job. Uh, and then you know, we own like my husband and I own a uh, like a bed and breakfast that we run on the side as well. And, um, and then I have a couple other projects, you know, the book and some other stuff. I think what you find out is that the more you start stuff, the easier it is to just start more stuff. And like, I think most entrepreneurs that have been doing it for a while, this isn't how you start. And it's not even, it frankly wasn't even the goal, but you end up like with a portfolio, like I'm sure you're doing like five things right now. You know, it's like you end up with a portfolio and part of how I think about it is like, you have things on the back burner, right? Like four or five things. And then like one of them gets hot and you bring it forward and you're like, okay, this is, this is what's cooking right now. Let's focus on it. And then like this thing on the back burner over here, like no one really cared about, like just take it off. It's done. Let's put something new on, you know? And so it's this process of like putting out these little experiments, you know, like I've started podcasts, I've ended podcasts. I was like, people don't like my podcast. That's okay. Like, Maybe, maybe it was the wrong conversation. Maybe my format was bad. Maybe it was too long. Maybe it was too short. Maybe I didn't promote it right. Maybe it was, you know, okay, cool. But like, don't get emotionally attached to it. Like come back to the lab. Let's play with the format. Do I even like doing it? Maybe not. And then like, let's try it again. You know, so like, this is the discovery process. And I think when you do this long enough, then you end up with like multiple things that you're kind of, uh, you know, kind of playing with and seeing what, you know, the people want. Ultimately, the question for us is, what is it that people need from us? You know, what is it that, and our job as entrepreneurs is to sort of audition in public, you know, like you going out there, Kellen with, you know, PR services and with, with, you know, this show and with other things you're doing. And then people are like, Hey, Kellen, I need you to help me with this. And that's where you kind of like follow that inquiry. When people are coming to you being like, I need this from you. That that's where we begin to sort of get traction. No, definitely. I totally agree with you. That is, it's so true. And especially, you know, you, you, you mentioned your spouse and that when you have that support too, or if you don't have that support, cause my wife always <laughs> pushes back. And I love that about her. Cause I don't need any, you know, yes, people around me saying, Hey, you're just got the greatest ideas all the time. Even though I, I, I'm a June 14th, uh, Trump is my Irish twin and down the street neighbor. Um, I do have a big brain and I'm a stable genius, but I don't always have the best <laughs> ideas. You know, I have a team of people who actually give me a lot of ideas. So I definitely agree with you that, that um, you know, talk about your, your bed and breakfast. How did that come about? How did you two say, I want to, you know, open up a bed and breakfast and where is that bed and breakfast? 
Yeah, well, it's in Northwest Indiana, which is kind of where we are right now. We got you know a little place out here. Um, you know, and again, just to like go back, like it, it, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, you know? So like, I'm very sensitive of, to the person who's like, look, I'm single, I drive Lyft, I don't have money, I, you know? And what I would say to that person is like, you have time, you have time. So how do you take the extra time you, you have and how do you create time and how do you make hard choices? Which by the way, like I did earlier in my life, you know, now it gets easier, like it gets easier. But early in life, it's like, don't go to the bars, you know, stay up late, like write the thing, you know, like instead of going to lunch, like bring a lunch, like, you know, like buy Wonder Bread and, you know, some cold cuts and like, boom, that's lunch for a week. Like I, I've done that, you know, like, so this, this is, and then you like take that time and you're like, I'm going to like build like PowerPoints. And then like, I'm not good at PowerPoints. So I'm going to learn how to build PowerPoints, you know? So like, this is, that's the scrappy stuff, but that's the, that's the work you do when you're starting to earn the right to like, you know, then it all gets easier, you know? So anyway, I, the bed and breakfast was like, we've been out here for a while and we think it's a really cool area. It's an hour from Chicago. We don't think anyone really like knows about this area. And I was like, I don't get why all these people in Chicago go to Soho house and go to like, we work in these cool places. Um, and especially people that have like disposable income, cause they go out to dinner and they spend like 300 bucks or whatever. I, I, I like, I don't get why those people don't come out here and like have a weekend in the country because it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere and it's really quiet and it's relaxing and there's no, you know, it's like digital detox. And so that was a big idea. And I was like, we could build a, a Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> not really, but a, uh, you know, something that is like a place for people to come an hour away. And so that was like a big idea. This property came up. It was pretty cheap relative to a lot of things. It's an eight bedroom bed and breakfast. And, I was like, okay, this is cool. This is interesting. Like my vision is like, I want to have leadership retreats and I want to bring small groups together. I want to bring entrepreneurs together. I want them to have three or four day experiences that are really transformative, uh, you know, like put a price on it, but like really small group, profound, deep experiences. We're in nature. We'll go out for walks in the country, you know, do all this stuff. We'll vision, whiteboard, all that, right? Like that's the space in my mind. But I also was like, okay, if that doesn't happen day one, which is not going to, What's plan B? Well, plan B is like rent it on Airbnb, okay? And it, like that turns out to be profitable. But I ran the numbers in advance. It was like, so it's, for the last two years, it's been a wedding venue because people wanted weddings. I didn't want to own a wedding venue, Kellen. This is what I'm going to tell you. I did not want to own a wedding venue. I don't, I don't think it's fun dealing with brides. <laughs> I love I brides. Don't I don't want to... <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't. So I'm glad, I'm glad somebody does. I don't like weddings. They're too long. Let's do them like, you know, certain Asian countries, get them over with in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, but here's what, here's what it is. I was like, okay, Airbnb is plan B that works. And then I, and then I looked at, and, and I asked people, I was like, what do y'all think we should use this space for? And people were like, I would love to have my wedding there. And I was like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, I don't want to get in the, in the way of the business. So the market is like, we want weddings. I'm like, cool, we'll do weddings. So this past summer we had a ton of weddings and they were all boutique weddings. They were outdoor weddings because it's a big backyard. And uh, that's what people wanted for COVID. So like we made money, but not doing the vision that I have. The vision I have is like these retreats and, you know, but that'll be next year when yeah. COVID's done. And, you know, like, so we'll get there, but I think it's everything I've ever tried to do. I always think about how do you create a downside scenario that doesn't cost you anything. 
you know, like, so I've never done anything where it's like, I'm going to put a bunch of money in and if it goes well, it's going to be huge. And if it goes poorly, I lose a ton of money. You know, the, the, the downside scenario for me is always like, I don't lose a lot of money. I just don't realize what the vision was, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if it's your time, then that's, that's, that's what that is. You know, most things I do that don't work. And I, there's tons of things I do that don't work. I've given up my time. Sometimes a little bit of personal reputation. Like I'm on LinkedIn being like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Sign up. And people are like, no, I'm like, okay, didn't happen. You know? And that's like your reputation, your ego, and you gotta let that go. And then maybe your time. And then things like buying real estate. It's like, I always know that like, okay, this is how this thing can get rented. And then that's, you know, so maybe it's not the dream, but it's like, it's going to pay for itself. So that's fine. You know? And, uh, and everything that I've tried to do, I kind of try to operate with that place of thinking, but it's like, this is, this is the thing I want to say to the entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs, you should be cautious. You should not take big risks. You should have plan B's and plan C's and you should not spend money on things that you don't know exactly how you're going to get that money back. You know? And, um, I think the smart entrepreneurs, the good entrepreneurs, they're really cautious. And that's, we don't talk about that enough. They're really, they're strategically cautious. They have plan B's in place. They, they know like, I'm going to keep this thing going. I'm going to try this thing, but I'm not going to let go of this thing until this thing starts working, you know? And that's like, that's a good place to build from. That's how Nike got built. That's how Spanx got built. That's how FUBU got built. That's how, you know, a lot of companies, smart entrepreneurs build it that way. Yeah, and I definitely hear, you know, a podcast in you, you know, so I say bring the podcast back, you know, <laughs> okay. you, you, you get paid through, you know, platforms like anchor.fm, it might not make you rich, but when you're already there, it doesn't matter, right? Um, but but I, I definitely, I think everyone has a book, a business and a podcast because your story, it's not like Joe Rogan got $100 million because he started yesterday, you know, he really put in the time. And, and, and that's what it's about. Yeah. And, and here's totally. And the other thing is doing it in ways that are really unique to who you are. We are all going to fail if we try to go become uh, Joe Rogan. Like, <laughs> um, I always call him Josh Brogan, but he's like the singer. <laughs> but like, we are all going to fail if we try to be Joe Rogan. But we will not fail you will not fail if you are Kellen Coleman. I will not fail if I am Todd Connor. Every time Todd Connor tries to be Kellen Coleman, I fail. Every time Todd Connor tries to be Todd Connor, like I do okay. You know, and so what's interesting is we want to have role models as entrepreneurs, and that's good. We should have role models as entrepreneurs. But don't try to, we can learn from them, but we cannot imitate them. And so the more your personality shines through what you're doing, I think the closer you are to sort of having something that is distinctive. The reason Joe Rogan gets $100 million, whatever he gets, is because he's a monopoly. And monopolies charge more money. You get to be a monopoly if you do it in a way that no one else can do it. And the only way that you can do it in a way that no one else can do it is by doing it in a way that's exactly you. Because no one can be that. And so I don't, I don't think that's like a yes, it's a feel-good message, like be yourself, be authentic, be true to who you are. But it's also a strategic kind of strategy to like be the person that you are. And then that it's in that quirky kind of thinking and alchemy, you know, I mean, we're talking about Mar-a-Lago. It's like, if, if there's anything you want to understand about the last, pre, you know, the outgoing president and he is outgoing, 
is uh, is like he did it in a way that was purely stylistically himself. And people in the Republican Party, in particular, who tried to imitate that, like didn't didn't work. And so it's like the message isn't go out and be outrageous in the way he is outrageous because I think he's outrageous. Um, but it's like be 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 your own version of of who you are, and that will resonate, you know. And so that's easy to miss though because we like celebritize you know, the sharks and we celebritize, you know, uh, whatever, you know, all these celebrities, Joe Rogan, right? Others. The key is do it in a way that's really distinctly yours. And I've, I've spent the last few years trying to like really figure that out for myself. I'm like, what is the style that is me? And I've figured out some things. I'm like, it's not, it's relatable. I try to be self-deprecating. Anytime I try to stand up and be like, I'm smart and let me give you the answer. Like it doesn't work. But anytime I'm in conversation, when it's small groups in particular, I'm better at like asking questions of other people than I am about like, just like, let me stand up and, and teach to you, you know? So I'm learning these things about myself, but anytime I package my, whatever I'm offering around what I'm really built to do, I, it's fine. Whenever I try to like think, well, this is what the market wants. And so let me try to like slip into it in a way that I think the market wants, like I kind of get it wrong, you know? And that's especially true for professional services. Technology is maybe a little bit different, but anytime you are associated with your brand, um, which you are, which I am for leadership consulting and, and building a nonprofit, then like, it, you know, you really got to figure out who are you and be, be true to that message. In the words of Frank Sinatra, and I call myself the black Frank Sinatra, the young <laughs> Al Heyman, uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing it, it. Yeah. you're doing it your way. Yeah, you're doing it your way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, and we, you know, it's like, it can feel vulnerable to do it your way because you're like, is this, do, do, you know, but look at artists, artists have this figured out, you know, and entrepreneurs can learn a lot from artists, you know, like by watching, you know, Cardi B and by watching uh, Frank Sinatra and by watching and they do it their way, you know, and the good ones do it their way. And stylistically, artists have to like come to a point of view, like this is what matters to me. Like I just saw a special on Lizzo, like this is what matters to me. This is how I want to be. And then like, it's the courage to be like, do you like it as well? And maybe the answer is no. And, but, but maybe the answer is yes, you know, but our job is to create the version. And then like the market kind of lets us know. Um, but we always do better when we create the version that we know we are built to create, you know? And so for me, it's, it's really around how I facilitate leadership experiences. And it's stylistically, it doesn't look anything like Tony Robbins. It doesn't look anything like, you know, Joe Rogan, it doesn't, you know, it's like, I believe in, you know, being like polite and use profanity. And like, I mean, there's things that I, I believe in, like, you know, trying to be you know humble. I try to be self use humor, you know, like there's things, but I'm also like, I kind of acknowledge what I don't know, which is a lot, you know? So I think we can just be ourselves. And I think when we do that, artists do that and they have success with it. Artists that try to imitate other artists sort of, I think get it wrong. You know, we can learn, we can be inspired by other artists. We can learn from other artists, but we got to sort of figure out like what's our voice in this. And I think entrepreneurs need to do that and they can learn by watching how artists do that. Artists have to do this every single day. Performers, people in theater, you know, they have to get up and sort of like be, you know, live in that art form. And I think entrepreneurs in some ways have to do the same. And, and you guys, I want you to know, 
he's a consultant who said he doesn't know it all, which, you know, nowadays in America, if you don't know it all, and if you're not the best, and if you're not number one, I, I really hate that stuff because, because of my team, again, there's so many things that I learn daily and opportunities, and, and I don't have all the answers, but I can try to go find someone who is specialized in that. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, you mentioned um, outliers, and I, I know you've read Malcolm Gladwell and probably the Seth Godwins and, you know, and, and it's like, hey, I I'm I got these funky glasses on. I'm going to, you know, write over 200 books and I'm going to tell you how to find your tribe and just kind of how to be you before everyone else. You know, when we're talking yeah. about Seth. So I just I love that. So do you think that, you know, writing books, are you working on part two? Not to promote it, but I just like have you kind of found like I like writing books or maybe it's even putting those books into a documentary or movie form. Like, yeah. where does it go? Where does the creative creativity go? Here's what I learned, Kellen. I don't like writing books. <laughs> I a book. I like writing, and I actually think I'm a good writer. Uh, and I write a lot. I write a weekly leadership column for Crane Chicago Business. I write blog. I mean, I write a lot. But a book. I wrote this book as a fiction. So Third Shift Entrepreneur starts with a guy who's having a midlife crisis. It's a fiction. You know, it's written as a story. Because I felt like stories are how we can best learn entrepreneurship. And, um, and when I first wrote the book and the publisher was like, this is great. And they're like, we're putting it to print. We're getting it out there. At the 11th hour, I like reread the book and I, and I cause I was just going fast, you know, it was like going, it was like going too fast. And I was like, hold up, this book isn't, it's not right. It's not ready yet. It's not right. There's things that are wrong in this book. I'm not proud of this book. And they were like, well, it's already in warehouses. And I was like, pull it back, <laughs> pull it back. And so they pulled it back and they had never done that. And I was like, I want you to do it. <laughs> and because I was like, I'm not, you know, a book is, is like your name's on it. It's out there. It's, it lives for a long time. It's not like some bad Facebook post. You just delete it and move on, you know, whatever. Or like people just gets lost in the noise. Books get lost in the noise too. But I, I was like, I want to make it better. And so I spent the last two months, three months going back to the book. And I doubled the length of it. I added a lot of things that I thought were missing. I reframed some things I thought were wrong, developed the characters more, thought about it harder. Um, and now it's coming back out. But I think to write a book, part of what I've learned is, uh, and by the way, the new book I'm super pumped about. I think people are going to read it and be like, ah, oh, like there's going to be like several aha moments that people, you're either going to love this book and be like, oh my gosh, because it speaks to you. Or you're going to look at this book and be like, I don't get it. Like it'll it'll be one of one of two reactions. You'll be like this this becomes my new Sherpa. Like this is the thing that's guiding me, or it's the, or it's like if you are happy and employed and not trying to start a business, that you will not this, you do not need this book. If you are thinking of starting a business and you've got this like Ugh, and you feel stuck, particularly if you feel like because you don't have the money to move forward, this book will speak to you. Like I know that I promise that I'll give you money back if it doesn't. Um, and so, but writing a book is like, you got to go back. You got to go backwards. And I'm like, I like to go forward and I like to be in person with people. I'm not, uh, you know, I, it's harder for me to spend time like in text. I can do it, you know, but I, I learned like, oh, this is a lot harder. This is not natural. Like this isn't like pumping out a podcast. This is like deep work hours a day. Got to go back if you're going to do it right. You know, but that's, look, I had to write it to learn that. And that's okay. And I still might write another one, but now I, like, I, I, I'm heads up coming in. Like I know you know, what's easy about this? What's hard? 
part of the process. You just learn. I mean, you learn, but you've said some things that are interesting because you like writing, but the book process, it's long and, you know, kind of, you know, tedious. I write books as well. And, and, you know, my audience knows we have a small publishing company um, because I like to write books and I don't want to be known as a self-published author. And my kids, you know, some of them write books, but I'm seeing Third Shift Entrepreneur like its own show. Because you, it, it can always grow, and I and I don't know if it's a you know a mix between um, what I, I can't even I can't even I can't even think. I want to say a name, but I don't want to say the name. But could like maybe even script writing. I mean, you're right there in Chicago. Um, you know, shows get filmed all the time. Could you ever see yourself saying, "Look, I'm going to write a script, and we're going to try to pitch this for TV"? Because I mean, you can tell so many stories inside yeah. of that creativity based on that one idea. Totally. I, I, I think, you know, and there's a, there's a book I'm reading now uh, called Range, which I would recommend as well. I, I, and here's what, I, here's what I tell a lot of entrepreneurs. You don't have to compete on content. You can compete on format. So like I tell people like Blair Witch Project, you know, most people, when they think about making a movie, are like, okay, how do I make a two-hour film uh, that is better than, like, other two-hour films? But it lives within the same constraints, you know what I mean? Which is, like, it's two hours, you have, like, sound editing, like, you have, like, professional cameras, da da, da. I think I think more interesting entrepreneurs come outside of the domain, and they don't even respect the boundaries that the domain has built, you know? So, like, Blair Witch Project is, like, amazing because it's filmed on like $200 worth of like, you know, iPhones and camera equipment. Right. Um, you know, like the music video happy 24 hours, you know? And so it's like, that's interesting, you know? And so I think about, I think it's about blowing up the boundaries a little bit. So if I think if you ask me like, let's talk about making a movie, I would make a movie and I would probably make it, you know, the form of it would be different. It would be like, you know, five days long, it would be like shot on iPhones, it would be about entrepreneurs that are building things, but it wouldn't have any of the bravado that like, re- extreme restaurant makeover has or like the profit has, it would be like, heart centered, slow, you know, um, yeah, showing businesses like that. So I'm very interested. I, look, I'm committed to more people. I want more people to start businesses, especially people who are don't see themselves in the typical stories, black and brown entrepreneurs, military veterans, women, you know, uh, young people, old people. I mean, most people, a lot of rural community, you know, entrepreneurs, like I, people don't see, unless you're a Harvard dropout, like you don't see yourself in most of these stories. And so, um, you know, if you don't understand Silicon Valley, which most of us don't, you know, and I've been doing this for years and I still don't. So like, it's fine. You know, and I have an MBA from a good school, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. So I want people to start businesses and I think storytelling is how you do that. So yeah, I'm very interested in storytelling. Maybe you and I should partner. Maybe you can build something. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I want to tell a story. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's just putting it out. You say the iPhone and that, you know, new iPhone 12 can definitely uh, take some great pictures. <laughs> so definitely, um, I would I would advise like checking out and I'll send you the link, um, the NATPE, not the virtual conference. Sorry, NATPE. But when things open up, um, it's a conference I love and you'll meet everybody, but just starting to put some things together because, you know, I was looking at one of the Amazon reviews 
reviews on the book and someone was like, oh, fiction, telling the story in fiction doesn't work. And I'm thinking, hey, watch if it went to TV. I bet you, you know, you'd eat your words. I love when folks <laughs> want to give a, a negative comment on anything that they could have just turned the page, right? You're, I mean, everyone's opinion now is supposed to be important, but if it's negative, I mean, there's a time and a place for everything, but why? Why did you put that? It's like you make a video or a blog and someone says, you know, I disagree with you. That's fine, but do I really care? I'm just expressing myself like it's my diary and I was seven years old, just trying to express myself. So, you know, I, I definitely, for that even one comment is why that came to mind. And I'm like, who the heck are you to, to say what doesn't work? When he has, you know, over 3,000 people, <laughs> he's helped. And and I don't know. I just, it, it, it irks me when folks are just negative. But it also drives me to say, yeah, I'd be down. I mean, you put something together, um, talk to my TV folks. A lot of them would say, hey, reality TV? Like, no, we were thinking sitcom, but you want to go low-hanging fruit? <laughs> What's the check look like, right? Um, <laughs> now, with all the success you've had, and you've had a lot, and you're still, you know, a young guy. You know, you're, you're seasoned, you got, you know, all this time to make these things happen. What is like a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future with the success yeah. you're having? Well, I mean, it, a lot of it is around, you know, the, is, is what we're doing through Bunker Labs and helping the military community start businesses. And, but my other passion is like, you know, go back to this, uh, this retreat property. I really want to bring folks out like i put out some calls um the other week and i was like look i i want to i want to bring activists in the city of chicago who are you know fighting for better wages they're fighting for you know communities they're fighting for like you know ending police violence on you know so they're they're the, like these are young activists i'm like look i'm not in that you know 22 year olds that are like staging you know kind of street protest, peaceful protests. Right. But, but they're out there doing things. And I'm like, look, I don't, I can't necessarily, I, I want these kids to find their voice and I want them to keep going, but I don't need to like insert myself in that. But what if I can host them? You know, I was like, how about I bring you guys out for four days? So you have some space to think and collaborate and like put your plan together. And, you know, so things like that are very interesting to me. Like, how do we, how do I play a supporting role for other communities and and for their voices so that they can kind of um yeah find their lane for the work that they want to do and uh i think this retreat center is a place to do that you know that i come back to my you know a primary identity for me is like i like to facilitate you know um i don't i want to help other people kind of find their voice and they and they get elevated and they get eyeballs and and that's part of the role i want to play in the world and so yeah, I think, I think, you know, and, and beyond other things like donate, you know, money and resources and volunteer and, you know, but I, I really am interested in like, how can I um, help bring a little bit of organization to uh, and a little bit of structure and a little bit of um, kind of momentum to particularly young people that are out there like doing important things, you know, because it's hard out there, you know, and it's especially hard when you're young, you know, it's like, you got to provide for yourself. You got to be scrappy, but you also like want to be an advocate and fight for social justice and things that matter to you. So I want to, I don't know. I got to find a way to help that community more. Those folks. That would be a real cool event. I'm even thinking about the entrepreneur you mentioned with the outside minus the keg because 22, I mean, they see free keg. Right. Hey, open yeah. bar. Yeah. Anybody else show up for that. 
Yeah, my, mine is the keg. Um, but no, that is great information. If the folks want to reach out to you, what is the best way to contact you? Yeah, you can go to thirdshiftentrepreneur.com. And uh, we got a lot of content there. I interview third shift entrepreneurs. We talk about what they're doing. We talk about what works. Um, so you can go there. The book's available. It's, it, it actually comes out. There was like a little pre-thing, but it's coming out January. So folks can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold, books a million, and find Third Shift Entrepreneur. And then uh, Bunker Labs, too, bunkerlabs.org. So any of those places, you can get connected. Uh, my, I want to say to your audience, Kellen, that, um, you know, it's hard, but you can do it. And what you've got to give up does not have to be your resources as much as it needs to be your time. And what you need to do is to follow a framework. And the book is a framework. And there are other frameworks, but the book is a framework for how you get started. You know, like what are the actual, I try to make it really relatable and human. There's 12, you know, kind of observations, 12 things you got to do, steps if you want to kind of get started. And I just, I, I encourage folks to kind of go back to that because we can't jam our way into this stuff the market's got to tell us, hey, Kellen, we need more of you over here. You know, our job is to sort of show up, have them. And sometimes the market's be like, look, I think it sucks. You know, okay, cool. Like, let me go back and figure out something else, right? But um, that, that's our job. That, the entrepreneurs show up to the art gallery. We present our art, as it were, whatever our art form is. And then we see what people are wanting. And then we keep building more towards that. So it's this kind of dance that we do. But but I want more people to get out there and start and to start in ways that are like the right way of starting. You know, it's not about like, you know, cash, you know, it's not about more Instagram followers. It's not about more money. It's, it's about like the thing that you're doing that people need. And when you figure that out, then like there's money that follows. And that's true if you're starting a nonprofit, true if you're starting a for-profit. But I want, I want more people starting. You know, the world needs your creative talents, your unique ideas, your gifts. So I, I hope folks come forward and bring those things. Oh, I, I love that. And, you know, I, I love that even when you present your stuff, it's not when you talk about, you know, following the trends, everybody has been seen on CBS, Fox and all these things. And those are things you can get on Fiverr, someone on Fiverr to get you. And, and you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. You know, Todd isn't he, he's a hard worker is what he is. And, you know, everyone's using the serial entrepreneur. I'm an investor and it's just a bunch of jazz. It's, I just don't get it because it's like, we, it's like business is like dating. And if you just come out and say, Hey, I'm the best person that you'll ever meet in the life. I mean, I remember the single days, boom, I'm out of here. Cause if I told you that I'd be lying to you, I'm not the best anything. Actually, I'm going to be a problem. So I, I thank you, Todd, for coming on. I want you guys to reach out, get his book, um, you know, check out the different links. I'm going to have both links in there. And if you have, you know, ideas, I mean, reach out. You can tell Todd has a heart for giving. I'm going to take this conversation off air because I want to ask him about his audiobook plans and when we can put the link for that. Because I know a lot of you are going to say, I don't read the, I need the audiobook. So I'm going to get more info off air on that. And then I will let you guys know. Be blessed, you guys. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. 
Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content. 